This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you are tired of trying to figure out what to study, if you want to get a better job but your English is holding you back, or if you feel stuck at the same English level and you don't know what to do, then the Academy is for you. When you join the Academy, you will get access to a 365-day English lesson plan created specifically for intermediate and advanced English learners. These 365 days of English lessons will cover English vocabulary, American culture, listening skills, fluency, idioms, expressions, and so much more. You will also be able to join a private community where you can practice what you learn with English learners from all around the world. So join today by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's episode, we are going to speak to my friend, Chelsea. Now I've known Chelsea literally my entire life. And in this episode, Chelsea is going to tell us all about her experience as an American. I know that you are truly going to enjoy this episode and learning more about what it means to be an American. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know all of the new words and expressions you will hear during our conversation. And again, if you want to watch video explanations for each of the words and expressions, all you have to do is go to weeklyenglishwords.com. So here we go. Number one, in the heart of the city. Number two, veterans. Number three, active military. Number four, affinity for. Number five, establishing rapport. Number six, regardless of or regardless of their background. Number seven, eclectic. Number eight, put your finger on something. Number nine, in tune or having an understanding of our culture. Number 10, naturalized American. Number 11, diaspora. Number 12, transatlantic slave trade. Number 13, gives the notion. Number 14, component. Number 15, inclusive. 
Number 16, ever-changing. Number 17, traditionalism. Number 18, redefine. Number 19, status quo. Number 20, negate the fact that dot, dot, dot. Number 21, how things pan out. Number 22, spectrum. Number 23, progressive. Number 24, caste system. Number 25, draw to a close. Number 26, Anglo. And number 27, different as night and day. So as you can tell, we have a lot of new expressions and words that you will learn in this episode. But again, remember, if you want to watch video explanations so that you can understand clearly what they mean, all you have to do is go to weeklyenglishwords.com. All right, let's jump right in. Hey, Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's so good to see you. It's been a long time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, for those listening, I've known Chelsea. We've known each other literally our entire lives. Uh, but mm -hmm. I wanted to invite Chelsea on to talk about her personal experience as an American. But first, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are for those listening. Mm -hmm. and you can go ahead and get in it. Awesome. So uh, my name is Chelsea um, and I am, I live in Maryland, which is on the East coast of the United States. It is actually minutes away from the nation's capital. I actually work for um, the federal government. So it's right in the heart of the city, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Like all the monuments and things that you see um, mm -hmm. in like movies and things, I work there. So it's kind of uh -huh. cool. <laughs> um, but I, um, so I'm a clinical social worker. I work in mental health for um, veterans um, with meaning those who have served in the military and um, are no longer active military members. Uh, so I do a lot of work with mental health and therapy and counseling. I love it because I love people. Mm. Um, I really, really enjoy connecting with people. It's probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, but yeah, I am the second of two girls born to my mother and father mm -hmm. and, um, my sisters, um, actually Tiffany went to school with my sister. She's, um, my sister's uh, four years older than I am. And, um, my sister and her family live just a little bit further South on the East coast as well in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, where I live is amazing. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'm sure Definitely. I'll be able to tell you more about that later. <laughs> Yes, Maryland's awesome. <laughs> Maryland is wonderful. I'm a little biased, but I know, know we're biased, but it's true. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I like the passion that we can hear in your voice about your job. It's always nice to love what you do. Yeah. Makes, a difference. Makes a difference. Good Absolutely. stuff. All right. So then Chelsea, let me get started by asking you this question. Can you tell mm -hmm. us one thing that makes you unique or different? Like when people say, ah, Chelsea, we know her for this mm. one thing, or what do you think that one thing would be? Um, I think probably kind of along the lines of what I was just saying, um, I'm able to connect with people very quickly. Mm. Um, I, I, that's probably why I'm a social worker. 
<laughs> but um, no, one thing that makes me unique is I um, have an affinity for remembering names and people, mm. and that usually helps with connection building. Mm. And so the benefit is, you know, being able to connect with people, getting to kind of get into the nitty gritty with them when it comes to mental health. It really helps in terms of establishing rapport, whether it's in a clinical sense when I'm working with people mm. or just meeting somebody on the street and, you know, or meeting someone's friends. So mm. it's really nice to be able to have, I guess, kind of like a unique gift of being able to connect with people, mm. um, regardless of their background. Um, mm. I feel like I'm kind of eclectic in that way. And so different people, you know, don't really scare me off too much. <laughs> it does sound like it's a huge benefit, especially in your profession. That's what's oh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, very needed. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, you, those that are not watching this video can't see it, but Chelsea has a beautiful smile. So I think that also makes you more welcoming too, you know, when you meet people. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's what's up. Okay. So then now let's get into this idea of an American. So let me ask this question. In your opinion, what does it mean to be an American? Like, how would you define this is what it means to be an American? So that's hard because I think with all the things going on in our country politically right now, um, some people would define being an American as somebody who's a citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would make it a much broader. Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I would add people who have lived here for a long period of time, people mm -hmm. who are associated with the um, American community. Um, I think it's much bigger than just having a, being a citizen of the United States. Um, I think it's more so, you know, both culture and experience, which mm -hmm. is kind of hard to even put your finger on because culture looks like so many things because we're U United States, meaning that there are lots of cultures and, and whatnot that are represented in our, in our country. So mm -hmm. I feel like being an American is both being citizen as well as um, a very in tune understanding of our culture mm -hmm. and all of what that means and represents. Um, so a person who may have come over to our country from another country um, who might not officially be a citizen, I still would consider them an American. Mm. You know, they're contributing to our society. They're contributing to um, our environment. And sure. so they're, in my opinion, there are many. It, oh, I think the last, the last part cut out a little bit. The part where you were saying about they contributed the last part of your sentence cut out real quick you said they're contributed to america contributed to america Just yeah that, yeah one part again sure they're contributing to america and so whether they're a citizen or not in my opinion i think that that still qualifies as being yeah. an american with an american experience mm. i like that i like that uh, there was another individual i in interviewed and she was saying that her mother came to korea in the 70s but didn't mm. become an american like a naturalized american until either the 90s or the 2000s. So yeah. she's lived here for year, decades. So yeah, right. you're an American. You may not have the paperwork, but you're an American. So yeah, I like the way you define that. Absolutely, absolutely. Total sense. All right, so then, um, you know how they say America is this melting pot, right? Mm, Many yeah. different cultures together, and you brought out that fact too. Like there are people that have come from other countries who may not be officially, quote unquote, on paper Americans, but they're still considered Americans in your eyes. Yeah. So the idea of America being a melting pot, what does that mean to you? If you had to define like a melting pot, what does that mean to you? Um, so I actually have, a, 
I'm not sure how I feel about America being a melting pot mm. right now because I think that idea kind of promotes assimilation mm. rather than a blending mm. of various things. And so I say that like my my family's background is a little bit unique. My mother um, was born and raised. My both my parents are born and raised in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, um, her family is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Um, both of her parents were born in Jamaica and came to the United States um, for work, um, became citizens, had my mom and her aunt, but I had ch- other children before. Mm-hmm. And so the culture within the home that she was raised in was very much Jamaican, mm-hmm. um, which in, its, in and of itself has a very British background because of the colonial um, experience in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So it's both African in terms of diaspora, maroon in terms of the native um, people in the Tainos that were in Jamaica, um, yeah. as well as um, British in terms of culture. Yeah. And then you have my dad, mm. who um, is African-American. Mm. Um, and uh, literally, I, this is like a crazy little, like, um, funny, I guess, fact. Um, uh-huh. I recently did, like, Ancestry.com and was able to, like, track, like, to actual oh. places um, in both... Um, Western Africa, like specifics in terms of like the transatlantic slave trade, as well as um, Europe, um, various parts of Europe. So kind of seeing how even our last name apparently Burroughs is Jewish. Um, And so being able to kind of see all of that, I am who I am today because Mm. of all of those things. But Mm. I feel like a melting pot kind of gives the notion and not to be critical, but the right. melting pot kind of gives the notion that everything has to kind of come into one. Mm-hmm. And it looks like one thing at that time. And Americans, look, we look as different as the yep. representation of the entire world. Yeah. And so um, I think in terms of it being a melting pot, the beauty of it is it can be just that, mm-hmm. where we all look different, but we're still American. Yeah. Um, we may come from very different experiences, but that still makes us American. If anything, that makes us, you know, that's the definition of being an American. So I think the diversity, the beauty and the diversity, um, Mm -hmm. even in my own experience, um, is kind of what I think makes it a melting pot of sorts. That's kind of cool. You know, it's funny as you were talking, I I thought you were going to, so I've had a few conversations and some individuals had similar um, responses to the idea of America being a melting pot. And they said that instead of it being a melting pot, they see it as a salad. And as I listened to their, I'm like, I love the way they explained it. And I've mentioned it in the previous episode about how Mm -hmm. they said America being a salad is you have all of these different separate entities together. And they yeah. make something together, but they still have their own individual characteristics and unique um, aspects of them. So as you were saying that, I was like, I feel like growing up and for so many years, the idea of melting pot has been applied to America. But I think mm-hmm. over time, it's going to change to either be a salad or something else. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Okay. Well, then if you had to describe what it means to be an American in three words, so now you've explained your idea of what it means to be an American, but if you had to choose three specific words, which words would you choose? Um, Ever-changing, mm. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give it to you, I'll um, give it to you. Hyphenated word, I got you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, ever-changing, um, diverse, mm-hmm. 
and this makes me sad but traditional traditional okay get into it tell me tell me some more about those i think because so i think there's this odd tension that's happening even now mm -hmm. of the ever-changing with the traditional right mm -hmm. so and i think in the midst of that is a diversity component that i think we're having a hard time being able to redefine mm -hmm. um there's so much history that's come um that's that's created our situation right now and i think because maybe things may not have been addressed in the past to in, being as inclusive as possible mm -hmm. we're still in the midst of that tension mm -hmm. um and so the traditionalism is being able to maintain the status quo of who is considered an american mm -hmm. but the the ever-changing aspect of it is the fact that that's just not our reality anymore and diversity is it's it's happening it is you know, yeah. and so diversity doesn't have to look like assimilation. Mm -hmm. Diversity can be, you know, celebration of mm -hmm. all of the differences that people um, come with when they bring their experience as human beings. And so if I look just a little bit different or have just a little bit different of an experience as somebody else, it doesn't negate the fact that somebody else mm -hmm. um, feels a certain way about it because it's my yeah. experience and I'm yeah. still defining as American citizen. So, um, I think that tension is something um, that we're trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good point. It's a very good point. I think there are a lot of things that we as Americans are trying to figure out how to adapt and adjust to. And it's been oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> been very interesting. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see how things pan out over the next few months or years. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it will be something that happens quickly. Right. Um, I think maybe certain things will, but I was telling a friend of mine the challenges of, you know, civil rights in the 1950s. Mm. Though the people who felt that way, they didn't disappear as soon as certain laws were passed. Right. You know, their mindsets may have changed on a continuum or spectrum, um, but we're unfortunately seeing some of the lack of that change now. And so um it does take time i mean yeah. we're talking about uh, when my parents who were mid-60s mm -hmm, mm -hmm. were children like so um, yeah. to think that uh even within 50 60 years that things will change quickly i think that's a little bit ambitious of us so we, we have to be patient as well as progressive i agree i agree i agree i like that i like that yeah okay so then Earlier, you were talking about how, you know, you did the, you went to Ancestry.com and you were able to find out more about your history and your parents and your name and everything. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned that your mom um, has Jamaican background, like her parents are Jamaican. So in her household, yeah. right, I know, right, <laughs> hands up, hands up. I'm not Jamaican, but hey, I'll take the food. I'll take the food. I'm all about the food, y'all. I'm all about the food. Um, so your mom grew up in a household that had the Jamaican flair, basically, and everything, Jamaican food, like everything, the culture was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was for your mom. So how did it affect you? Like your family background, dad, African-American, mom having the Jamaican mm -hmm. background. How has that affected your life as an American? Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's an interesting tension because um, people who are African-American Mm. have not always had the best um, relationship with mm. other members of the diaspora, right? So people who came from the continent of Africa and ended up 
in very many places, not by their own choice, mm -hmm. whether it's the Caribbean or South America or, um, you know, different places across the world. The relationship hasn't always been one that's positive because so much was done. So there was this, I think there's this tension amongst African Americans um, who uh, have been here for a while and, and, you know, their ancestors with other members of the diaspora, mm -hmm. uh, meaning other um, people of African descent who were brought over by, you know, by, not by their own choice to parts of the Caribbean, um, parts of South America, other parts of the world. Um, because African Americans, for the most part, have been here experiencing the challenges that everyone else has been able to reap the benefits of. And right. so I think um, there's been this interesting tension between what it means to be um, a Black person. Um, and, and in Jamaica, one thing that's different is there isn't as much, or in the in overall, there isn't this history of colorism or, you know, the difference in um, caste when it comes to color like there is in the United States. Like literally, I have family members who are Jamaican, who are blood relatives that are, that appear Anglo, right? right. Or that appear um, yep. other than African-American, right? Yeah. But we are all equal because the caste system in Jamaica is based on wealth. So it's yeah. either the haves and the haves nots. There's yeah. not as much of the difference in my experience that the American, um, African Americans have experienced. So I think the, the, like I was saying, there's this interesting tension that's there because um, my mom, while she was raised in the midst of, you know, like civil rights and whatnot, she was raised in a Jamaican household. So when okay. people initially were saying, well, you're black, they're like, no, but we're Jamaican. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> right. And, you know, my father, who was like raised in like Black Panther era was like, we're black. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. So while there are things that are very, very similar in terms of culture, there are things that are also as different as night and day. Yeah. Um, because like I was saying, Jamaica um, was colonized by Britain for a very long time. And so that culture has also very much infiltrated the Jamaican culture that includes the Maroons, the Tainos. Um, yeah. You know, the African, those of African descent and those who just happened to, in the Caribbean to island hop and bring their culture yeah. along with them. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I think the, the interesting thing is there's, there are parts of my experience. I, um, I believe that I've been able to um, claim both yeah. um, in a way that is helpful. Um, I think there's been a lot of discovery over the course of years, obviously, because some of the information historically we don't have in the same way as other groups do because of the nature of slavery. Um, yeah. But, you know, by doing own research, my own research and um, just talking with family members, um, it, it's been kind of cool to be able to create a fuller picture out of what may have been kind of lost in history. So yeah. it's, I think I think that hopefully answers your question. Um, but yeah, my experience is a little mixed, yeah, little unique in that way. I was glad you brought that out because I've had so many different conversations. So like, my parents are both African American. They grew up again. Your parents, mm -hmm. my parents, similar age. Grew up right. in you know the the whole era of the civil rights, and there were places they could not enter because of the color of their skin. So um, I was raised in a household from parents who experienced that. Now they yes. did come out of it saying, 
I still don't treat anybody different because of the color of their skin. So right. I've never had any issues with a white person. Like, because you're white, I'm not adverse to talking to you. Um, mm -hmm. But I've also been on, on guard in certain situations because of right. the reality of situations. Yeah. But um, becoming an adult and having conversations with some of my friends who are not African-American, they are either uh, Caribbean American or literally came from Africa and now they're naturalized Americans. Yeah. And some of the conversations were similar to what you were mentioning. Um, mm -hmm. but they took a different kind of form. They were saying like, Oh, well, we're not like African Americans. Like there's this yeah. stigma that's placed on African Americans and it, it sucks for lack of a better word. Like, it does suck that mm -hmm. in other countries or wherever you may go, they think about African Americans being lazy or, you know, doing things that are not necessarily right um, because of what society has, I guess, yeah. uh, projected on the African American culture. And when you see other people yeah. from other countries that look like you and having a similar idea, it's like, man, it's so crazy how mm -hmm. the media can change your viewpoint. But I like yeah. that you said, it seems like your parents did an awesome job of showing you how to appreciate both sides as opposed to yeah. making both one side better than the other. I love that mm -hmm. your parents were able to do that. Cause it's interesting. I'm like, it's interesting to learn from each other. So. Right. Right. And I think the interesting thing is like, just because of the nature of the time when my mom, who, um, you know, if she had been born like months prior, she would have been born in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the interesting thing is, they were there were so many things that were going on that were here that when she was born in the states mm -hmm. she didn't have a choice of being able to say no i'm not this or yes i am this it was gotcha. this is who we say that you are because yeah. you know this is what you look like and so yeah. that was something that even though she was raised in a jamaican home um she adopted she you know identifies as a black um, african-american woman exactly. because she is of african descent and it is american yeah. and yeah. i think that that um idea of a person who you know even comes from the continent of africa yeah. being an american that's yeah. the definition of african-american you yeah. know what i mean yeah so what that experience looks like i think is even more so a definition that we have kind of like pigeonholed into one thing like it's not just one thing exactly. it's not just one thing and it's a good thing that it's not just one thing you yeah know? but um yeah <laughs> very true good points good points uh, I, I do want to put out there that i love my other friends from other cultures that decide to show me their culture and their food i'm happy uh, i'm very happy <laughs> no, i have so many like korean west indian friends i'm like yes all your food i'll take it it's delicious um okay so what do you love the most about being an american mm, i love access mm. we have access to a lot of things and i can say that like um I had the privilege of going to Cuba twice last year mm -hmm. and um, they're kind of like the Jamaican cousins because they're like really like like the next island over right. really close to so a lot of Jamaicans are Cuban uh -huh. um, and vice versa. And the one thing that I loved about Cuba, but also it kind of made me sad was the lack of access. So um, in Cuba, they don't have as much access because of the United States relationship with their government. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's changing obviously, but just something as simple as bringing a book to the country that they don't have access to, or um, speaking out about the things that are happening in the world that they may not have the same access to, the opportunities that are here that I think it also kind of lends itself to access. Um, it's huge. 
Because if yeah. we were to go to various other places, it would be limited. Um, mm. It would it'd be an automatic, no, you're a woman or no, you, are, you look like this or no, you come from this family. But mm. the benefit of the country that we live in, at least now, is the fact that we have access to things and places that mm-hmm. very many don't even have the opportunity to think about. Yeah. Um, so, and that, I mean, that could be knowledge, that could be experience, that could be what have you. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities that are, that I think that are available in the United States. Mm. So. I think that's true. We do have a lot of access. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you have the opportunity to change one thing about America, what would, mm. you what would I change? <laughs> you have the power. You could do whatever you like. as I rub my hands together right (laughs) Um, for a master plan so I I would probably say the same thing Mm. um I think to expand the access because while I do think that we have more access than some Mm -hmm. I think I know that especially being a social worker there are very many who are in the process of becoming American um or are American Mm-hmm. Um, who were born here mm-hmm. that don't have the same type of access. Um, it could be a wealth gap. It could be um, a knowledge gap. It could mean it could be so many different things. But when access is something that's provided, I mean, we look at Flint, um, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. where people don't have access to clean water. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as it comes in terms of the American experience of access. So I think, you know, making access something to the very important things as normal as possible Mm -hmm. and, you know, creating the normative of it, but then also being able to expand that so that Mm -hmm. whether it's access to education or whatnot, you know, it's not just for the haves, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has a similar type of experience. So that's a good point. I think that's important. All right. Um, as we are drawing to a close, I want to ask this question. <laughs> Anna. Um, so there are many individuals listening to this podcast who have never had the opportunity to come to America. And even uh-huh. though we're in the midst of this pandemic, there's going to come a time when the pandemic is over, quarantine will be gone, and they'll be able to fly. Yes. Right? We're all looking forward <laughs> to that time. So if you have yes. the opportunity yes. to let these individuals know one thing about Americans, like one thing you wish that everyone knew about Americans, what would that one thing be? About Americans or the place? Americans. Us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to tie in what I was going to say with that, if it's okay. Sure, <laughs> go for it, girl. Go for so, it. So as different as our geographical terrain is, mm. that's pretty much the difference that you'll see in the United States. Mm. So you can literally go to what people would consider a tropical oasis like Hawaii mm. or Florida or you know parts of southern texas and mm-hmm. see gorgeous beautiful beaches amazing weather and then you can go to michigan where yeah. you can pretty much go <laughs> go sledding <laughs> in the snow most of the year and it doesn't get above <laughs> 80 degrees um and then you can go like to the west where they're like the grand canyon and mountains and the east where there's like beautiful fall weather i mean as different as our terrain is that's as different as we are so Mm. some you'll get complete differences of night and day but same people are the same people are from the the same country so um expect difference 
just expect you know and and expect for those differences to just shock you because you just never know what a person's experience is i mean you may look at someone and assume that they are one thing based on a stereotype but then you start talking to them and you realize their experience is so much different from what they may present as being so i think you know differences um it's just the nature of the fabric of who we are um so yeah good stuff good stuff well that was my final question but uh if you have any other thoughts you want to leave with us you're welcome to i I really thoroughly enjoyed this interview hun yay it's been great no i would just like a quick plug the wonderful thing about being in the united states when we talk about access is there's so many things here that don't come at a cost like yeah. I tell my friends, even who are American all the time, like go to the Smithsonian's. They're yeah. free museums that you don't have to pay for. Yeah. You know, it's wonderful. People come from all over the world to be able to see it. Why not? Your tax dollars pay for it. <laughs> so <laughs> We do have it good in the DC, Maryland, DC area. It's like, we do. it's crazy. Have you ever been to another state and there you walk into the museum? They're like, oh, it costs. I'm like, it costs. I'm not used to paying for a museum. I'm like what? <laughs> why isn't this free yeah that museum in new york i was like how much what right like, I'm not, I'm not, no i'm not gonna i mean i pay eventually but yeah yeah good stuff good stuff well chelsea thank you yes. so much for joining us son i appreciate it <laughs> all right girl i really hope you enjoyed this episode remember if you want to see video explanations for all of the words and expressions that were used in today's episode all you have to do is join the weekly english words membership by going to www.weeklyenglishwords.com once again that's www.weeklyenglishwords.com This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.